Welcome to H2O Radio, where we follow water wherever it leads. We bring you stories about everything and anything to do with water. On today's show, Asakias, Wisdom in the Ditches. It's a partly cloudy spring morning in Taos, New Mexico. About 20 people stand along the side of a rural road leaning on shovels. There's a low murmur of chatter in Spanish and English as they wait for the signal to get started. Then, a man in a black cowboy hat gestures and the group is off. They climb over a fence and onto a pasture before jumping down into a narrow trench lined with willows and cottonwoods. There they start scooping debris and branches that have accumulated over the winter and toss it out onto the banks above. This isn't just any ditch, and it isn't just a random Saturday. Today is La Limpia de la Acequia, the annual spring cleaning of the communal irrigation canal that will deliver water from melting snow in adjacent mountains to farmers and ranchers in the valley below some of whom can trace their family histories to Spanish settlers who arrived here over 400 years ago. Asequias are shared ditches with origins in the ancient Middle East. The Moors introduced them to Spain, whose explorers in turn brought them to the New World as a viable way of managing water and surviving in arid regions. If you ask some of the older folks digging in the ditch today, they'd tell you Asequias aren't just about water. They're a way of life a social structure, and a set of laws on how to live in harmony with the land and with each other. Asequia members are parciantes, elected ditch boss, or mayor domo, who oversees operations, allocations of water, and more. Prior to you know the U.S. takeover, that was the system of government. That was the way that people got along. That was the only governance that people ever experienced was a mayor domo. That's Eric Paramond. Associate Professor of Environmental and Southwest Programs at Colorado College in Colorado Springs. That really was politics in some ways. Water was politics for centuries and democratic to a degree. Their job was to apportion water properly, and that was the, you know, the general supposition of it. Um, there was an inherent kind of justness to the system um, that if you participated, were a good citizen, if you needed help, that the, the Asakia and the Mardoma were there and would, re- would actually respond with some help in kind. So it was, it was fundamental to the notion of what a village was in New Mexico. This democratic manner in which water is fairly shared and distributed is referred to as repartimiento. Water is divided based on the amount of land each parciante has on that particular Asakia. Each parciante is required to send a peon, or worker, to clean the ditch each spring. It's calculated by acreage. If the parciante's land is large enough, they might have to send two peones. They just follow the ditch. Everybody gets a section. Yeah, cleans it, and then they move up. Once they're done, they move up to the front of the line, and then they restart over and over. It's just a uh, recurring process, no? Sure. Yeah. Some of the men cleaning today might be parciantes, but most will tell you they're day laborers, happy for the 50 bucks they'll get for a half day's work. More and more ditch members need outside help because they're getting older and their kids have left for the cities or gone to college and not returned. What I can remember uh, growing up is that everybody looked forward to go cleaning ditch. That's Toby Martinez. He grew up in Rancho de Taos 
and although he left to become the state forester, he's back and an ardent supporter of acequia culture. And there was this unbelievable respect for the mayordomo, you know, that he was a master of what he said, that, that went. And uh, so it had a certain romantic feel and uh, tied to culture and, and uh, it just happened every year at the same time. It just felt wonderful. Yeah. Does that still happen now? Oh yes, oh yes, yes. Uh, not so much a ceremony, but a sense of ownership and feel and and being neighborly with your with the people that uh, that are there, you know, committed to doing something uh, that has so that carried on from generation to generation to generation. I think that's a connection. It's uh, being the the, the the pride in doing that, the right. sense of community and. That sense of community is what many point to as the heart of what makes Asequias unique. In times of shortages, all members get less water, not just those who moved in later. It's a form of relating to nature that's in harmony with the land, and one of the last vestiges of a time when people depended on each other for survival. Now the question is, can the Asequias themselves survive? It's definitely changed. We're, we're not... We don't have the water we used to have. I mean, when you look at this, all these valleys were very productive. But you don't have water. Toby pauses, shakes his head and sighs, but he is hopeful. New people are moving to Taos and embracing the culture. Many around here hope that organic farmers and proponents of local food movements might breathe new life into what was once the lifeblood of northern New Mexico's culture and economy. Toby's brother, who has been standing with us listening, weighs in with his doubts, however. But that's uh, something that's going to fall by the wayside eventually. Yeah. yeah. You think, think so? Well, if we run out of water, we probably, yeah. <laughs> probably will. Is, it, is this the worst you've seen it in terms of drought? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's up there, yeah. As bad as droughts have been, many maintain that Asequias are flexible institutions, agile, in times of water shortages. The larger threats, they say, are from the lack of interest by the youth and too much interest from thirsty cities down the Rio Grande who might be eyeing the weakened system for its potential water rights. Again, Eric Paramond. Um, I think one of the, you know, the main concerns that people have or, or that has been expressed is what is their role going to be in 21st century sort of water management? I mean, these are people who have stewarded um, not just diversions for agriculture, but really stream banks and kept communities alive for centuries. I think one of the main concerns is just what role they will play in a kind of state water plan. And nowhere will you see that acknowledged, right, or phrased that way, because there's a kind of, you know, logically, there's now this kind of rule of experts um, on all things water that has very little connection to people actually producing things on the land. Um, and I, I think that's that's problematic to me, is that if that expertise and knowledge is not, not just acknowledged, but actually used in state water plans, then I think we run the risk of not just alienating people, but uh, ignoring a vital component of things that may actually help us plan for the future. There's wisdom in those small little ditches. Why would we ignore it? To 
see photos of the acequia cleaning or hear excerpts from our interviews with Eric Paramond, Stanley Crawford, and others who helped contribute to this story, visit our website at h2oradio.org. There you'll also find links to the Taos Valley Acequia Association and other related organizations. Listening to H2O Radio.